0: Welcome to the Venue Solutions Podcast, where we talk about everything data center, information technology, cybersecurity, and more. I'm William, Venue's data center sales engineer, and one of your hosts.
1: Hi, I'm Eric Malatesta. Venue data center infrastructure manager, and also one of your hosts.
0: And I'm Michael Faisley, Venue's network
2: infrastructure manager and cybersecurity specialist. And I'm also one of your hosts.
0: This is Venue podcast number 80 for February 23rd, 2022. In this podcast, Eric and I are joined by Tyler Mamrot and Michael Lebo from one of Venue's DR as a service partners, Zerto. All this and more in the next Venue podcast. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast are the speaker's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of Venue or any guest's employer. Welcome. This is Venue Podcast number 80 for February 23rd, 2022. Uh, I'm William, one of your hosts. And I'm Eric. And I'm Eric. Hey, Eric. Um... Today, and and normally we'd have Michael Faisley come and say hello, but today Michael Faisley is not able to make it. Uh, Something happened, um, personal stuff that uh, he needed to take care of, so uh, we wanted to still get a podcast out today, so he urged us to continue on, and uh, we'll pick him up again on on the next one coming up. But that being said, we do have a great podcast today. Um, So it's myself and Eric, but we are also joined with two special guests uh one mr tyler memrot and michael lebo from zerto uh zerto is a a premier provider of disaster recovery and data protection for 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 virtual machines and uh, although we talk about disaster recovery and dr and data protection all the time all the time um One of the things we're trying to do for 2022 is have more guests on board and actually have more people talk about um, about their product or about their solution or kind of collaborate on on more things. So, guys, welcome. Uh, Could you introduce yourselves? Maybe tell everyone a little bit about what you do at Zerto?
2: Yeah, thank you. Uh, so, as William said, my name is Tyler Mamrot. I'm a cloud account executive over at Zerto, um, running a lot of the DRAS operation with uh, with MSPs over there. I've been at Zerto for a year now, um, and yeah, it's 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 been a great time. And before we get started, Will just wanted to, just wanted to say thank you for having us on uh, and letting us talk a little bit about Zerto. I'll turn it over to uh, Michael.
3: So, uh, yeah, thank you uh, for the introduction. Michael Lebo here. Um, I've been at Zerto for a little over six years, so have been around the block for a long time. I've um, worked in a few different departments from support, and last four years, uh, Cloud Solution Architect, uh, working with uh, Venue and their scale and infrastructure with their DR Solution, Zerto.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, yeah guys, awesome. we've, we've had a, a really fun ride with you guys. Yeah. Um, I think we started using Zerto um, around 2014. I think was when we actually started doing some some work with you guys, and um, you know we'll get into that a little bit when we talk about the history between Zerto and Venue. But before we do that, um, could you give us a little brief history of the company, and then obviously maybe talk about the the newest. Company information, which is the acquisition from HPE. So, if you could, you know, whoever wants to take that one, you want (laughs) to. Yeah,
2: yeah, maybe. I'll go ahead and start it, and uh, you know, as the uh, the sales guy of the 2.0 here, I'll go ahead and get that started, and Lebo can add on with anything that I missed. But uh, Zerto was founded in 2009, uh, actually in Israel. So we are we are an Israeli software company. Um, Since then, they have grown pretty exponentially. Um, It was exciting for me to have joined Zerto about a year ago and, uh, you know, to see them now with over 1,500 partners, uh, over 350 of them are in the MSP space, serving over 9,500 end users around the globe uh, from from both a data recovery, uh, data protection, um, you know, emphasis on on the software. Um, Yeah, So, so Zerto's just kind of been around the block there. Um, Levo, did you want to touch a little bit about, you know, the development of the the software and kind of how the product roadmap changed over the years?
3: Oh, absolutely. And uh, just a heads up, we were founded in Israel, but we actually are dual headquarters in Boston and Israel. Um, So that's also a key thing I wanted to point out there. Um, But yeah, you know, when Zerto first came onto the scene, we were the classic, uh, I don't know if... When you guys were first testing out Zerto, it was that little gray GUI. It was just the classic old school gray box. Absolutely, yes. Yep. Yeah, and it was it was only VMware. And then as we we started expanding because we restarted with on prem, we immediately incorporated incorporated uh, Hyper V, and then around twenty sixteen we jumped on the public cloud bandwagon because we saw that as a you know the expanse covering VMware vCenter. We have Hyper V. Then we decided, okay, where else? What other platforms can we get into? Uh, so we moved into AWS first, then into Azure. Um, since then, we've expanded our platforms to supporting, you know, VMware as a service. Um, but uh, the big thing with Zerto going from the beginning is our continuous data protection. That's, that's really what Zerto's always been about. Uh, not necessarily backups, long-term storage. We've been trying to always deal with minuscule RPOs and RTOs and that has always been our bread and butter. Um, five second increments between our, our journaling process. So you have the capability of failing over or restoring from a ransomware event, a pipe burst, a smoking hole event, whatever it is within five seconds. Um, so as we expand and as the product develop, that has always been a core part of our product is that we produce the best RPOs, the best RTOs, continuous data protection across each and every platform as we expand uh, into our roadmap further and further. Um, we have since, obviously, we do want to be an entire, entire DR solution. So we did incorporate backup. Um, we've done quite a few changes on that. Product uh, slowly evolving that from just classic. Look, we just take full backups and that's it. It was just that's what we first cookie cutter stamped out. Um, to all the way now we do incremental full backups. We work with S three compatibility, immutability with public cloud, etc. Um, we've really expanded the product over the years. Ever since we first really
0: do- started diving into that in 2016, I knew we were gonna say the word immutability. So what we have is we have so whenever we say the word immutability, we have to take a shot. There
3: we go. <laughs> so
0: it's like I think that's the most I think between twenty twenty one and today that's the like the most used buzzword in in IT that. Immutability.
1: Um yeah. yeah, I mean I remember all these phases you're talking about as well. You know, we we first discovered you probably 2011 ish, uh, maybe 2010. I can't quite remember. Yeah. And we were pretty much awed about like, okay, this is, this is the kind of technology we're looking for for our clients. Right. How do we tell? Cause we've been in the same kind of business our whole lives. Right. So
0: yeah.
1: our company has made its bread and butter as well. With a data center, but even more so with backup and recovery type systems. And so, what's what's the next step and what's the next evolution of backup and discovery? Well, it's actually just flat out DR. And as you were saying, that that RPO, RTO, well, that's that is the 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 differentiator that we saw with you guys way back then. We said this is Mm -hmm. great. This is a way of not just uh, starting a VM, but even back then it was already automated right so it yeah. worked with Fee cloud Director which we were already invested in that
0: was the big thing that really like hooked us right uh, because eric i mean when we were doing i mean back in the like the katrina days you know hurricane and things like this when sure. we were started out doing dr as a service um it was really more of a recovery as a service right so we would you know and and before we started thinking about disaster recovery we always did data protection right using the eval product or whatever product we were using at the time and we would back customers physical or virtual machines up with an agent and you know we would make sure we we can do like um you know for lucky we had a, a product that could do um you know, a, a BMR. A, a BMR, you know, like a bare metal or the operating system volume, right? Sure. So recovery was basically just either building a blank VM in cloud in our cloud platform, which is vCloud Director. And then attaching, you know, booting up with whatever recovery media and then attaching to our vault and pulling down the image and restarting and then maybe tweaking some things in Active Directory or with the you know, IP address. Very, very manual. And it's it, just we, a very manual process. Oh, dude, it was it was like a pain in the butt, right? It was like, I mean, it worked, and it worked great, and we had a lot of customers that we recovered during those, those, those hurricane events and things like this that literally were like, thank God that you guys were here. We, we saved our business. We, we were able to continue working, you know, through, through the recovery services and business continuity stuff. But, you know, it, it also became for us, we knew it's like, man, this is there's got to be a better way to do this because it's a lot of work to go recover. You know, a person has two or three VMs, no big deal. If a person has two or 300 VMs, it takes some time. And, um, yeah. you know, we started looking at, Backup tools that integrated with with VMware, uh, and then we stumbled on Zerto, right? And I, yeah, I, I'm not. I
1: really, expect to what what you're saying, Michael, the 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 replication piece that you guys yep. you know have. That that is a differentiator that you know, I, I get it. Other other vendors are starting to come out with it now, and they're trying to add that to their repertoire. But something Zerto's had from day one. That's basically how you started, and that that yeah. replication piece. William and I saw this, and we were like, "This is this is where we need to go." This. We don't, and what will when we start talking to people, this is 2011, 12, 13. You know, we we say we will differentiate how we talk about uh, these two technologies, and we'll. We'll call one DR and recovery, and we'll call one backup in recovery. Yep, and recovery. In yep. our mind, we already had a differentiator, and we would always say, You need both. Yep.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's a couple, often, couple that's things I wanted to. Oh, oh God, sorry, no, uh, Yeah, I just kind of wanted to pop in there. I mean, we only really sort of answered half of that question at the beginning there, Will. Um, and, and I know a lot of uh, the folks listening to this will want to hear a little bit about HPE and that acquisition that took place. Uh, At the end of last year, 2021, Um, all of the stuff that we've kind of just talked about is exactly what HPE saw in us and exactly why they wanted to acquire a company like Zerto. Right. Um, You know, it's it's one thing to be able to recover within a matter of minutes and, and do so at scale. Um, mm-hmm. but limiting data loss to seconds is, is absolutely vital, right? Yeah. Um, and, and when we're talking about, you know, origin of Zerto literally means zero RTO, right? That's where the name comes from. So yep. when we're talking about RTOs and RPOs and, and, you know, continuous data protection, why did HPE look at Zerto as the company they wanted to add to their platform? It's it's exactly that, you know, the ability to scale at at massive, massive sizes and recover within seconds and truly achieve, you know, continuous data protection through our journals um, is something that you really just, you know, you can't find it everywhere. Right. And, And in the market, it's kind of coming to a point where we're seeing companies like HPE make the decision that, you know, maybe it's a little bit easier for us to go out and acquire a firm that's already done this for a decade and done it well as opposed to try and do it on our own. Yeah. And and that's coming from HP, which is a, you know, 65,000 employee company, right? So yeah. it's really interesting to see the way the market is kind of responding to, you know, the ever-evolving needs of uh, continuous data protection and replication and, you know, how the, how the companies that have been around for a while are uh, are the ones that the bigger bigger you know infrastructure providers that we formerly know are looking to to acquire to to achieve that. Yeah, yes, I, I can even remember like
1: you, you mentioned the Zerto the zero RTO, and I can remember when when it, it was a big deal Z E R T zero instead of yeah. O. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: right. And, and really, guys, I mean when when we first saw it, I mean when I first saw you know replication through. You know, iSCSI interception versus doing snapshotting, right? Which is what a lot of technology still is is, is doing. I thought it was like voodoo magic, and and you <sighs> know, I came running into Eric's office. I'm like, dude, we got to see this. Come look at this. And it's like you know, being able to replicate with you know with with so small a checkpoints, right? In fact, when I was when when I was doing failovers. You could you could do it by the second, right? And you yeah. have these extremely yep. small, small um, RPOs, especially for replicating between our data centers, right? We have two data centers in Louisiana with a high-speed connection between the two, and I mean, like we really don't. I mean, it's seconds of RPO, right? And yeah, then the also other thing was the, is
1: what you were saying, Will. The other mm-hmm. thing is you, having that Scuzzy interceptor also brought into it another level, which was there was uh, no. There was no impact upon the VMs, right? right. So, so, in, in the, especially back in those days, taking a snapshot actually was... it would quiesce the box, and there would be oh, like yeah. you could feel it. if a person was using the box, oh, yeah. they would feel the stress of that. Whereas when you interjected just taking the rights and splitting them, yeah. all you really did was was say okay. I don't have to worry about what's happening with the VM. I'm actually just going to write here and there simultaneously and allow the replication to happen as needed.
0: I'm not going to snapshot the entire VM. I'm just going to start a stream. And, and yeah, I mean, and that was the day, you know, that was critical in the days before flash storage, because, you know, flash solves a lot of problems just from brute force throughput, right? (laughs) IOPS solves problems, but, um, Man, back in the day, it it was critical to have that type of technology when you were just talking about spindles, you know? And that was always a
3: huge thing with Zerto.
0: It's it's not just the lowest minuscule RPOs, RTOs.
3: Um, Big other features with us is, uh, you know, one that you touched up on was orchestration, too, the ease of that. Um, And exactly what you're talking about right now is just how much easier it is with Zerto. We try to make that extremely, extremely easy. No agents... No impact on performance. No snapshots. Again, no impact on performance. It's been a huge stance that we've had with Zerto. Mm-hmm. It's not impactful. Snaps are out of the question. Agents on your VMs are out of question. That's why our whole infrastructure is done at the host level, and then doing everything, uh, uh, just the changes directly on the block level with that IO splitter that Eric you were bringing up. So, yeah. Uh, and actually, one thing I wanted to touch up a little bit more on was, uh, you know, talking about what you were doing before Zerto. You know, that administrative overhead, having to do all that background work just to bring those VMs online. Now we're no longer. The RPO is whatever. If it's four hours, well, it takes it's actually eight hours because if it takes you four hours to bring that VM online from that four-hour point in time, now we're looking at an RTO, a time objective of eight hours, and that's a huge issue. With Zerto, all of that's orchestrated within that virtual protection group. You replicate. You want to bring those VMs online. We handle that whole back-end part. We orchestrate everything, and that's that's a big part of Zerto is that it takes those hands off the keyboard that were required previously mm-hmm. and minimizes that time.
1: Yep. And honestly, right. I think that was and the selling point for me. Right, so so Will brings me this and shows me all this stuff, and, and I thought that was all great. All the all the the split writes and and replication and and near line. Replication, but when he showed me the piece about it automatically building the VM within our vCloud Director and starting the VM and everything else, I said that that piece right there. I mean, the replication piece is key, but because they can also do the orchestration piece, that is why we have to have this. Now the human being can hit a simple button, and yeah. we, always, we always dumbify it. Like, all you have to do is hit one button, it's done. But that, we know that's not exactly true. But, but but for the most part, it's true. We can start a VM by hitting fail, right? Yep. And so two buttons fail, start, you know, the VM can start. Now, wh- whether you have issues with the VM for other, whatever reason, or if you built your networks correctly, all that stuff can be debated later. But, but the powering on of the VM can happen. Yeah with very little effort. Yeah. And I thought to myself that's great because what 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 would happen in the old days we would tell someone go into VMware build a shell, find out what, before you do that, find out what version of, of, of VMware they're currently running, find out what version of hardware they're running, find out what OS they're running, and make sure you get the exact patch level, and we're going to deploy that, <laughs> right? And then when we get all that done, then we'll install the agent, and we'll go pull down a backup, and we'll pray that, that registry keys to restore correctly, and the system state's all there, and we'll power it up, Right. So, the orchestration of all those, p- yes, yeah,
0: right. That <laughs> sounds Everything
1: like, I just said, you, every person on this call listening to this is going to be like, yeah, I remember <sighs> those horrible
0: days. Yeah, that sounds like <laughs> the days of MFM drives and floppy disks, Eric. Who
1: wants where, to do that? Right. That's where I think that's where, you know, Venue and and William and Eric and, and, and the rest of Venue started saying, like, we, we, we need to invest into this, right? So,
0: the, what really turned us on, I mean, we, we I definitely love the underlying technology, and, and and I could see its value there. But when I really saw the integration with vCloud Director, which is which is our uh, public cloud uh, mechanism of choice, right? Um, it, the integration was so powerful, right? And then the light bulb went off. It's like, oh, wait a second, we can we can create a, a service around this for customers, and leverage economy of scale with with cloud, with our own cloud in Baton Rouge and Treeport, and wherever we wherever we put clouds. So that I think that was that was a differentiator for us, and we had to hop on that at, at that early time. The other thing about Zerto that we really like is it's software only. Right, uh, and back yep. in those days, if you wanted to do replication, you were talking about doing things like sand-based replication. So, if you had an an EMC, you know, Clarion at one location, you needed another EMC Clarion with a certain patch level at another location, or a NetApp and a NetApp, and then you to do the orchestration, you needed something like VMware SRM, right, yep. to replicate, and that was a pain. Um, not nothing knocking you know, VMware or anything, but, you know, it, it yeah, made it difficult. Lock-ins. Yeah, it made it very difficult. It was all lock Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it made it very difficult for a customer, especially a small customer, you know, who doesn't have thousands of VMs and a whole bunch of hardware anywhere, everywhere, it made it very hard for those small customers to grasp what, what disaster recovery as a service uh, could bring them if they had to buy all this extra hardware. Well, when we come in and say, hey, it's software only, you don't have to deploy a lot of stuff at your gear. It's like, you know, one Zerto virtual, virtual, uh, virtual, virtual manager and some replication, virtual replication appliances that very small footprint. And then we handle everything else from the standpoint of the recovery platform. It was a win-win. Yeah, yeah, especially when you say, hey, look, use your legacy storage. Does not matter. You don't
3: like literally what you just said. No hardware, which was always a story in the past always you know what hardware you need to upgrade this etc no we do everything like we talk about block level we're storage agnostic as we always say you know all we need is as i listed in the beginning those hypervisor uh, platforms that we support as long as you have one of those that's it we run everything from that level yeah.
0: so so let's talk a little bit about you know when we start talking about high speed replication you know kind of the the, the packages what zerto brings to the table right in terms of like how do people use it? Uh, and especially now with, with, with public clouds like Amazon AWS and EC2, we'll talk about what's happening on those fronts, uh, which we, we've, we've been working on in our labs with working with those vendors. Um, you know, if we look at like recovery on premises, right? When we start talking about um, some customers that may want to say, look, I don't want to may- maybe recover off site. Maybe I want to recover to another gear in my campus, right? Or maybe I just want to have quick recovery uh, in my same environment, right? Where they maybe want to to self-replicate. So doing something like hypervisor to hypervisor replication, right, on-prem.
3: I was going to say, so I see that a lot, especially with, you know, critical machines. Whenever you start talking about how critical those machines are, what's the recovery time that you actually need, um, you start bringing up self-replication where you can restore in-house... Um, you know, maybe to a different cluster, whatever it may be, how you do that. And you're not traversing a WAN uh, to that DR site. It's all in-house. Um, especially when you bring up file level restore, that's mm-hmm. always a big part of that. So, uh, you know, just for the listeners, so another capability of Zerto is using that same five-second RPO to restore or cherry-pick files directly from machines and then restore it right into production. So rather than failing over or restoring an entire VM, you can just pull specific files and then restore them to production. Yep. So... When they need that to be extremely fast, they don't want any traversing of the WAN, as I said, et cetera. um, You just do what's called self-replication where you can use it also um, with one too many. So one too many being the ability to replicate a VM up to three different sites. One of those sites being uh, Venue, being the DR. Another site being self-replication. So if you need something that's very quick, quick restore, and you just restore in-house. But if your whole hypervisor goes down and you know you get that smoking hole event where there's nothing left, you still have that DR solution at the target with Venue.
0: Exactly. So, what's What's funny is once you know, and I, I'm so I'd still find people who. And I still have the conversation with customers when they say, "Hey, I'd like to replicate to myself." Of course, then I get on my my my, not my high horse of like, "Well, you know, you should be." And this is the power of it being software right now—flexible it is. You know, I'll have a conversation where I'll start going, "Well, you know, you really don't need to replicate to yourself." You know, and I want to make sure that the customer's like understanding you know if you're saying if you're replicating to the same sand and your sand goes down not a good situation yeah uh, but at the same time the customers that do understand that i mean i was having a conversation with a customer one day and he's like well i want to you know replicate to your cloud but i also want to replicate to myself and you know i started saying well you know that's not a maybe not the smartest thing to do and he goes no no it is because in our case we understand that if the sand goes away, we're in trouble. But he says, we, "What we do want to do is, if there's a problem with, say, something like ransomware, or this particular machine has a bad patch, and I want to just literally bring it back up within a few seconds, or you know, or a few minutes, uh, I can do that, right?" And, and he still, and that particular customer still had uh, conventional backup mechanisms, conventional backup tools, but they wanted to leverage Zerto for that little bit of extra speed of recovery and also use some of the backup features so yeah and then of course they're also getting it off site and doing our cloud you know for for failover and failover testing so it was kind of a a win-win there
3: yeah yeah i'll often also see you know if it's in-house they'll do maybe a shorter journal for those files restores so Mm -hmm. you know our journal is one hour to 30 days so maybe to you, they might do a two-week journal, really do that longer coverage. But in-house, they'll do like a
0: one- to two-day journal. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So we do, you know, recovery on-premises. And, of course, recovery as a service where, you know, uh, we do things like whether we're replicating um, from a customer's vSphere environment to a private cloud, which just means we, we, we build the customer their own vSphere environment that we manage uh, and support the backend hardware and, and, and VMware deployment, but the customer basically has a full vSphere experience, right? They're not playing with vCloud the director. They're actually in v, you know, vCenter and using Zerto rep, replication that way. Um, and then also, as I said previously, you know, using our cloud platform, which is not a dedicated platform form per tenant or per customer, but it's multi-tenant. And that's really what, most of our customers love to leverage because it's it's the economy of scale that we're able to provide to them.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that multi-tenanted part of Zerto, we've had that in the product for a very long time. It's it's honestly that's why you were probably looking at us back in 2011 was yep. because of that that multi-tenancy. And it's it's been it's been even to be honest, you'll even see it sometimes on very large. Uh, Uh, You know, banks with divisions, they'll use multi-tenancy to segregate divisions, not just customers, because you have full segregation within that infrastructure. Um, you know, I won't go too deep in the weeds, but as you know, you know, setting up zero cloud connectors, regulating the exact resources where there is no way out of that, you know, so you can build out customer specific with VCD uh, or VDCs, and there is no access outside of that. Everything is regulated, port masking, uh, IP masking, etc., cetera, um, and also having that self-service tenant uh, uh, portal so that your customer, if they do want to perform their own failover from your DR site, they're, again, regulated with that multi tenancy to only um their resources provided to them at the dr site that you set up for them and they only have that access and then you can set them to read only to performing their own live uh, failovers etc so you have full capabilities within that multi-tenancy to allow access to allow uh restricted access all across the board Absolutely. yeah
1: the, the, the other, the other is that you know hypervisor to public cloud even even to private cloud to a certain extent is it also gives the the end user a little bit more flexibility with execution so let's go back to, to what was it Isaac or Ivan that happened uh, six or four months ago uh, so we had a client called in needed help he wanted to do a failover but guess what he was sitting in a bathroom during a hurricane he, he couldn't do the work himself right? No problem. We have access to it here. Let me, let me hit the easy buttons for you. Do you yeah. have a, do you have a, a DR plan on wh- which ones you want me starting a certain sequence? If not, I'll start, start starting them and then we'll sort it out afterwards. And he, in five minutes told me over the phone, basically, you know, if you can find certain machines, this is kind of what I want. Otherwise I don't care. And I called him back 40 minutes later and said, okay, you're all up. Everything's running. Um, because he didn't have to worry about hitting those buttons, right? He's in our yeah. our, our our public cloud, and even our not could have done this, by the way. So they we could they could execute their their plan without having to worry about being able to be the ones to hit the button. So yeah, so that leverage of having them in our pro- public cloud made things easier. Now, had they been in their private cloud, we still could have helped them. It might have been a couple of extra steps for us to jump through to get to it, but. Yeah regardless of that you know the, the the easy execution because I mean literally this guy's calling me from a bathroom he's there's a
0: hurricane on top of bathroom. Right <laughs> there's a tornado <laughs> coming and he's like the last thing I can yeah. do is I can use a phone to call Eric to fail us over yeah
1: and 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 you know I, you know we we were with and then, look, you know the, 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 that's it's not me that was the savior. It was Zerto and, and, and it wasn't venue that was a savior. It was Zerto. So that the the product is what, what made yeah. this possible. I mean, if they were going to any of our competitors or any into the public clouds, same thing could have happened. It's, it's the, it's the, it's the beauty of Zerto. Now I'm glad that they're our client. I'm glad they, that I, I want everyone that's listening to this to use Zerto venue for us and instead of one of our competitors. But look, I mean, it could, it, it, any of our competitors can do the same thing and that's a Zerto yeah. built in feature. Yeah. So, so I, yeah. that that made their life, because the guy was like literally like, like you can do this for me. I said yeah, give me a, just tell me how you want me to do it, and I'm, i can do it. He had only a few things that were like must-haves, and then I just started like cherry-picking machines. Like this is a file server, that's probably not as important as a SQL server, and you know yeah. I started just starting things it's, in in a.
3: As you're saying, you could do all of these actions. From the DR site, so I that's mean, right. If you yeah. don't give them the self-service portal, if their their whole hypervisor goes down, they have nothing. Then they just all they have to do is contact you, and you can start doing all those failovers for them. Right. Everything is at the DR site, and that's. I mean, that was a big key feature of Zerto in the beginning. You know, they had to do that, and that's just a smart way to do it. Is that everything needs to be stored at the DR site? Um, the journal, whatever, and all those capabilities of failover, migrations, all of our file level restore. You have to have that in the event of a full, full disaster. Everything is gone. You can do everything at the DR. So that's a big part of Zerto, Zerto is mirroring the capabilities to the DR so that you can always achieve what you want to achieve with, with the Zerto product. Yeah,
1: right. We can fast forward a little bit here because so so this guy comes up, he's his business continued, right? So this was Sunday night. The hurricane was coming through on Sunday. Sunday, I his business started continuing, and I think it ran in our data center for I don't know like a week, a week, yeah. week and a half, and then he got power back to his his building. He got his VMware platform up. We did some little a couple of little checks. And we got for reverse replication working backwards. Uh, within a couple hours, things had caught up, all the changes that had happened on our side caught up to the side on, on yeah. his, his local side. And he just hit the button, failed back. He didn't even tell so,
0: so that is absolutely, so w- that's one thing I want to, that's one feature of, of Zerto that I really want to kind of focus in on here is reverse replication, right? Because, yeah. you know, yeah, failing over to cloud, I mean, I mean nowadays, uh, okay, it's it's that's great and all. You can fail the cloud. But the question is, you're not going to, most people won't, want to run in cloud after the disaster has happened. They want to go back to their gear, right? Most people do. Some people are like, well, no, cloud works pretty good. I'm going to stay here. But in the case of this customer, Eric, you know, back in the old days, <laughs> in the before times, it was like, you know, yeah, we can recover you to our gear through backup and recovery processes but now when you want to go back to your gear you kind of got to do all that over again right or or shut the vms down export them travel them to you know another location through like the mail or something and then import them and that's a that's a horrible experience again but with reverse replication which is a piece of the zerto product you, as you said, you literally just make a few switch changes and then make sure reverse replication is happening. Make sure things are in parity, and then you just fail back in the other direction, right? And then you're kind of the problem has been circumvented. You know, and, the and disaster be, is and, circumvented.
1: And should, what should be um, touched on anyway is that, much like with with any kind of replication, the reverse replication does not have to. Re- to replicate the entire VM. So let's say you right. have a five terabyte VM yeah. and yeah. then you're running in our environment and it's all, we get the two platforms talking to each other again. All it's going to do is it's going to do a bitmap sync on both sides and say, hey, what, where, what state are these VMs in? What's the differences between these VMs and ch- send me those differences.
3: Exactly. You know?
1: And so once it gets those differences sent, then it'll just keep the new changes in sync at near time, and you can fail fail back at any given moment, right? So, so that is that is yet again, again another differentiator that Zerto has has from the beginning.
3: Yeah, and, yep. a, and a big part of reverse protection is also remembering that that reverse protection is also creating a journal while you're running production at the DR site. So you know if this is a different scenario where you do try to fail back. Um, then you also say an issue occurs again. Maybe it's like a, a network issue, you haven't resolved it. Whatever it is, there's some sort of issue that caused you to fail over. If when you fail back, that issue arises again, you have all those checkpoints from when you were running production at the DR. So you're not going to lose anything. You could actually fail back to a point in time of your previous DR event. Because on top of all that QSing, everything that we'll be able to do to bring those VMs up to the point in time to fail back into production, we have a journal and we have all those checkpoints just like we were running on the production site. So that's That's a big part of reverse protection is that journaling process that's incorporated with it.
0: Yeah. The other thing I want to bring up is, is another important piece just as important as replication. Reverse replication is failover testing, right? Because one of the big things when we start talking to customers about data protection, replication, disaster recovery is you got to test this stuff. You know, you can't set it up and forget about it right? And and what keeps people from having kind of a lax DR practice is a lot of times they don't want to test, do a full test of their DR environment, right? And and make sure that their applications work. And, you know, and I always tell when when customers come to say, oh, we were clinching to make sure, you know, at the time of the disaster, we were kind of keeping our fingers crossed that everything would come up okay. You actually want to have the reverse, another viewpoint. You want to just be sitting back and comfortable with the solution with your with your disaster recovery solution and i I really like zerto because you can test even like in the middle of the day you know non-disrupt non-disruptively test your back your um your replication doing not a full failover test but a test failover right where The replication site will come up with all your VMs and you can make sure your operating system's happy, your databases are mounted, all this kind of stuff. But it's isolated from the production gear and now you can test, you know, in the middle of the day, you know, during working hours, you don't have to yeah, do whatever this. you
3: want, OS upgrades, yeah. scriptings, you could test anything that you want at that point. Um, you know, that's, that, that has always been a big thing with Zerto 2 is that bubble testing, we, you might call to or refer to it as, because it's, yeah. it's non-disruptive. Is that the DR site? Uh, you can do different re, if you have a stretch land, you could do a re IP for the testing. So that is really non-disruptive. Um you know, that's that's a huge, huge sell for Zerto too. Is that we can do that with ease, and it's it's literally your VMs coming online at the DR. So you you're not on top of being able to do testing on the VMs. You know for a fact this is how they would come up, and this is what they look like, and it's a great pr- uh, proof of concept right there. Um,
1: yeah, well, so yeah. One of, one of the uh, one of the oddest things we've seen is we had a client who could not start a VM via a failover from Zerto. And, and a little bit of research, as communications with, probably with you, Michael, I can't remember. But if I, we found out that they had a licensing application that was tied to the U, UUID in VMware. Well, that changes on our end. Uh, so So it, it was a quick fix, right? So now we know, because you did the testing. Now we know that part of the script has to include uh, changing that UID on our side to match that with which is on your side. Now that causes a little bit of headache for us because we have to make sure that UID is not in existence ever in our environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we knew what to do at that point, so so we were able to bring this software up that was tied to the underlying architecture of VMware that they would have never have known in a true disaster had they not tested.
3: Oh, yeah. exactly. And sometimes you'll see major discrepancies. One thing you brought up earlier is like when we the old legacy DR solutions, you'd have to buy, you know, two Clarions. The same versioning was a big thing. Zerto, you can play with that versioning. You know, you don't have to run the same exact vCenter on each side, and you can test that out yeah. and make sure. When you do that test, you say, okay, I'm running this version in production, but I'm running an older version at the DR. You'll be able to see whether or not that hypervisor manager has the capability of running that. Um, Or, you know, if your customers are coming from Hyper V with VHDs to your VCD site, you'll see how that works and how that comes online and those changes and make sure everything's copacetic. So.
0: Yeah, that's, great, that's so, great points. So talking about, definitely talking about, the you know, the kind of the, the efficiencies of cloud and cloud DR, you know, especially in these days with pandemic, right, when customers try to go buy hardware, it could be, you know, quite a weight for, for getting... Um, for getting gear in right uh through supply chain issues and we did a whole podcast last what last month eric on supply chain podcast 79 79 yeah (laughs) for 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 talking about supply chain just in general and then how it impacts the it world um from the pandemic and also chip shortages so talking about cloud you know something else that we we don't leverage a lot of at Venue yet, but when we start looking at customers who want to be able to replicate to, um, you know, public public clouds like Amazon AWS and EC two, um, that that Azure. now yeah Azure I'm sorry, um, that now customers can have that choice of saying hey we want to partner with with Venue and Zerto, but we want to maybe replicate to. You know, maybe the venues cloud, but we also want to replicate to Amazon AWS or, or, or Azure, which is what we test in our labs. And they now have that choice. And Zerto works beautifully replicating and failing over to things like Azure. Yeah, we, we have this
3: whole stance of any-to-any. Any. It's kind of like uh, we take these big broad stances, uh, storage agnostic. Look, we know that's a hurdle. Let's just get rid of it, move past it. Any-to-any any is a big part of that. Look, if we're going to support multiple platforms, we need to give you the capability of being able to move from one platform to another as our solution, Um and that—that's like I said. Ever since we brought in AWS public cloud, luckily we've had that major stance. It helps with customers that are just saying, "Hey, look, I'm sick of holding things on-prem. I want to move to public cloud." They can easily go from on-prem to public cloud. They can also, like you as a as a venue um, as venue, you can do on-prem or basically a VCD, or you can set up uh, initiatives into public cloud if their company states uh, states it that way. Mm-hmm. I've seen where some corporations they have to what they've ran in is they have to have a Azure AWS um, uh, DR site. So they have these new initiatives that they have to move to that as their DR site. But the cost of Azure and AWS, it can be really pricey. So what they'll do is they'll work with Venue who can not only have a cheaper DR solution for long-term testing with the offsite clone failover testing, any of that testing, which is far cheaper than what you would be doing in public cloud and standing up instances. But when a full DR solution or a DR event uh, occurs, their corporation may mandate they have to go to one of these public clouds because they have these this very, very stringent contracts with Microsoft or whatever it may be. So you leverage one too many. You can get cheaper testing, cheaper solution with venue or and also using public cloud, which you as venue, you guys can manage that for them. so sure. they they can also be hands off where you know they have that multiple platform capability to, you know, say, hey, if ransomware hits Azure, it's less likely to also hit VCD at the same time. That's another reason why you may want to go to two different platforms or you know, AWS, whatever it is. It's less likely, ransomware is less likely to hit two totally different infrastructures. Um, setting up those different initiatives and, and allowing that Zerto has one too many and any to any ability to replicate a VM multiple times and the multiple platforms and the support of any of our platforms to any of our platforms.
1: And look, we following that up, you know, we we've used this platform for migrating clients into our public cloud. <laughs> we've also yep. ironically, we've used it to migrate people out of our public cloud. Yep, yeah, yep. Um, I actually helped a client move to a competitor and, and I worked directly with the competitor setting up Zerto between our cloud and them and they actually moved from from our cloud to a private cloud, and I worked with the competitor to get it all set up and replicated. And and we migrated this client out of our our data center one one Friday morning, and I had calls from the the. Client as well as from the competitor thanking me, and I was like, oh, I mean, I, you don't think me thanks Zerto? They, they made it easy, yeah, right? and
0: Yeah, it was actually is is a huge thing. So yeah, I mean, we hated to see the customer leave, but it, the the choice was actually right for the customer, right? right. It, it actually right. made sense, and we're like, look, you know, in your in your particular use case, you're right. This is a better solution for you. We want to we want to respect that and also promote that, and, and you know, they kind of looked back at us going well, that was so easy, you know, that we kind of want to go back now, you know. It's like, no, you know, uh, it, it, this is a better solution for you. But, yeah, um, migration, right, using Zerto is just a migration tool, and we do that quite often. I mean, we had, um, you know, recently, I mean, last year, last, it wasn't a few months ago, we actually migrated uh, a large customer to our, our, our private cloud, and uh, the trick was, you know, how do we get the VMs from point A to point B? And we're like, well, it's no-brainer, Zerto. We won't necessarily – it's not a DR uh, uh, kind of solution, but we're going to use it for migration. And this also yeah, and makes
1: – and, and I know what you're talking about. And that yeah. the situation was actually even uh, odder. So they had on-prem, they were replicating to one of our data centers, yeah. but they wanted to bring up a private cloud in our other data center. And so we, like you did, we like to talk about, we did one-to-many, right? And we set up the one-to-many, we kept the replication moving, and when it was time to flip over, we flipped over and then reconfigured the one-to-many to to point to the, the existing DR in the other data center. Yeah. And with very little effort, they migrated into our data center one Friday evening for two hours. Tested for another two hours, and then by the next day, they were already caught back up in in the other data center, and their DR was still where it was all along. Yeah.
0: They so were, yeah, they I, were doing, I mean, I go oh, ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was to
3: say, I see that. I see. A, all the time, where people, you know, other customers will come to Zerto for the migration, stay for the DR kind of scenario. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so they they come for the migration, start using the product and go, and now we're going to turn our previous site into a DR site and now we're going to use it further. Because Zerto, you know, we, we always, as you know, we started this whole thing, we, you know, we're a bread and butter CDP, et cetera, but we actually win hugely in the migration space because of how many platforms, the fact that we, We don't just fail over your VM at a checkpoint. We'll bring the VM online. You can console into the VM. You can play around with the VM and we'll stream all those changes directly to that site. So when you're ready to actually promote to production, you lose nothing. Yep. Any changes you're doing while you're doing that migration are being applied directly to the DR site during the migration. I think so, that's a
1: great point. And I think I think that's the kind of conversation in the old days you used to have, you know, hey, the, the, the fear of moving into a public cloud, you know, Azure, uh, AWS, whatever, was how do you get your data out should you decide to leave? Yeah. Right, how, well, guess what? Zerta solved that for you.
0: Yeah. Yep. Nope. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about, so we've talked. We were, we've been talking a lot about disaster recovery, migrations, going from hypervisor to hypervisor, hypervisor to cloud. And we, we've been talking through this, this conversation, we've been talking about backups, right? But um, one thing I believe that that is also worth mentioning here and something we'd like to explore is, is Zerto also does a pretty good job at backing up SaaS-based applications, right? Um, so things like if, you know, we want to get into the world of doing Office 365 backups or backups for Salesforce. These are some new tools that, that Zerto is is bringing to the table, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what Zerto did actually is um, uh, we kind of pulled the HPE. Uh, you know, hey, we like this software. Let's work with them. <laughs> so um, what we did is we actually brought in a SaaS-based um, DR uh, solution called KeepIt. And we work directly with Keepit to facilitate those SaaS backups. Um, so that is the Office 365, Dynamic uh, 365, if I remember correctly, Salesforce, uh, all of that. All those SaaS-based products, we can work with Keepit and Zerto uh, in order to to achieve those DR uh, needs. So,
0: yep. Um so definitely something that that we'll we'll start looking at additionally um, you know cuz SAS is is I mean it seems like there's always someone needing those types of backups. Um yeah. also backup in DR for for Kubernetes, right? Um, that's something Yeah, that's, the new frontier, That right? is really so. I mean we, we don't do a lot of it in the data center and that's something that I think, you know, we're we're definitely going to start closing in on Eric uh, and start looking at this and exploring this new technology. We don't see a lot of customers um, you know coming to us for it, and we're still we're still kind of figuring out you know where the use cases are for a service provider. But um, you know definitely I think in fact, I think one of our upcoming podcasts will be specifically on Kubernetes, right? deploying it, managing it, and what kind of what you can do with it. So we definitely want to have you guys back on to talk about the backup solutions for Kubernetes.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Z4K, we call it, or Zerto 4 Kubernetes, just, (laughs) you know, a little fancy abbreviation there. But no, that's a a huge thing because that's the big frontier. You know, everyone was on physical. Then virtualization came in and that blew everything away. Now, even lighter than virtualization, we have this whole container baits, K8s, Kubernetes, you know, uh, the whole containerization of environments and the ability to spin machines up quickly. It's the new frontier. And as we, you know, the the switchover is probably going to be a lot like uh, physical to diver- uh, virtual machines. There's still physical out there, but over time, everyone's moved to oh, virtualization. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Containers, honestly. People are having a trouble moving to it, but if they're building new infrastructures, they build it right on uh, Kubernetes. Yep. So, yeah, it's definitely a conversation. We'll we'll keep let's, let's continue moving on that because Zerto again, we're we're supporting all the different platforms from Tanzu to OpenShift to to everything under the sun, and there's a lot to talk about there in Zerto uh, working with K8s Kubernetes. So
0: yeah, I was in a uh, I was uh, about a year ago I was in a um. In a conference, and they were talking about running SQL Server on Linux in a, in a container. It's like dogs and cats living together. It's pandemonium. <laughs> it's crazy time, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, which, which blew my mind, right? And and I think this is you know this has been happening for a while. It's like man, SQL on Linux. I
1: think you know your your point is is, is Michael's point is is, is Perfect. People had a hard time shifting from physical to virtual. They're going to struggle with going from virtual to Kubernetes, but it will come. It'll be yep. there. And so, so it sounds like you're already ahead of the game. You're getting poised for that. And that's great. I mean, we already have the ability to support Kubernetes as well. You know, our cloud is, is ready to do Kubernetes. Um, you know, we don't really actually have people asking us for that today. But, you know, we try to get ahead of the game as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this is all, you know, is great technology that we've been using for several years and will continue to use um, moving forward. But what do we talk about when we talk about, like, you know, what do we always say about DR, Eric, right? The technology, what used to be really hard, which was moving those VMs from one place to another, the replication. That's right. That used to be the hard part. That was like the heavy lifting, right? Now that is easy. That is like piece of cake, you know and I tell customers it's like look um, moving that vm from your prem to our cloud is easy that's not the hard part the hard part is doing the testing doing the application dr planning like making sure you're thinking about what applications need you know if you're failing over a select you know amount of of, of vms where your applications mapped out you know, yeah, how, and,
1: how are you gonna how how's it how the world gonna get to those applications? Has, has well, anybody managed your DNS?
0: Right, how is the world know? gonna how is the world gonna handle? Or and also, how are
1: you personally?
0: How are your end users gonna connect? Right, because yeah. they're no longer sitting in their desk with their Windows laptop. Maybe you need to start thinking about things like you know remote desktop services or some type of VDI built into the DR yeah. solution. And then honestly, um, you know, I, I I see and I see this when we when we do te- failover testing. Uh, A customer will bring up an application, and they say, okay, we need this server, this server, this server, but when they do their application testing, something doesn't work right, and they're like, oh, I didn't remember that there was a MySQL, there was a SQL Server Express deployment that's on this server, and it needed that for licensing or something, and they forget, and doing the failover testing process, that kind of flushes these problems out. Sure. That's the sure, hard like, but part. But like you
1: said, like you said, the old days it used to be the hard part was was getting the VM powered on. Nowadays we always tell people, look, you know, worst case, you know, hey, we need to get this testing gun real quickly. You know, there's a hurricane coming next weekend, and I always say, look, let's just get Zerto installed. Let's get the replication occurring because if I get your VM decay on my side. I can power it up some way or another. Mm-hmm. Zerto's already helped us with that. They've gotten the replication to us. So once I have the VM on my side, I can do something with it. Will we, t- will we need to tinker around with the boot sequence, or will we need to tinker around with licensing, or will we need to tinker around with networking? Maybe. But once we have the VM, now we have the ability to do any of that. So the hard part has been alleviated from us.
0: Yeah, yeah. So guys, this has been a a, a pleasure. Uh, I think we're we're kind of running up on our, our time, where we like to keep our podcast between you know forty and fifty minutes. But I think this is we could continue on for the next two hours if you want to stick around and like you know we want to just talk shop. But um, we definitely appreciate um, you know Tyler and Michael coming on board and having this discussion with us. Um, you know it's it we always feel like when we do these podcasts, it's a it's just great discussion, right? No, um,
3: and thank you, thank you for having us. It was a lot of fun. So absolutely, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. But it'll be a
2: lot more, a uh, lot more like Michael Lebo focused as he's the tech guy. But uh, <laughs> not going anywhere, and, and I don't think venue's going anywhere. So we'd love to come back on at a future date and talk about what we've got going on at that time as well.
0: Absolutely, we well, we definitely want you back when we start talking I, I, I about think,
2: Kubernetes.
1: I think one thing that we haven't mentioned yet. Will, is mm. that we've been using Zerto since 2014. I think we all agreed on earlier. Yeah. Uh, however, we like Zerto so much that we sent two of our employees to Boston <laughs> to work for Zerto.
0: That's right. Yeah.
1: We have two former venue employees that are now full-time employees, and I think they've been employees for like four years or so now. Five oh, or like, four yeah. years. Yep, yeah. they have.
0: They have. So anyway guys, uh, we'll wrap it up for today. Again, you can you can, you know, definitely enjoy our podcast that can be found on anchor.fm, uh, also on Spotify, the iTunes Music Store, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, basically wherever your podcast aggregator of choice is, we should be on there. You can also find us on um, you know, slash podcasts with an s. And um, at that site, there's actually a link where if you'd like to interact with us, maybe ask us questions. Maybe you want to be on the podcast and, and, and talk about something, right? Uh, we'd love to have you on. Uh, so we definitely have a place where you can engage with us there. And as always, you can email us at podcast at for collaboration questions, you know, just to tell us, you know, good podcast or bad podcast or whatever. But that's where we can be found and uh, I think this has been, a f- been, been fun. So, guys, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much again. Eric, thank you, and uh, we'll go from there.
1: Thank you, Michael. Thank awesome. you, Tyler. Have a thank good weekend. Much, guys. Have, have a good have weekend, go, everybody.